0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW group. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mike, God damn it! I knew it.
0: I knew you wouldn't fix it. I tried. You tried. You're a name partner. And she's the managing partner, and you know that it. That wouldn't have made a difference if you were fighting for you. I fought Jessica for you and won more than once, but this isn't one of those times, Mike. Believe me, this isn't what I wanted. My mistake was believing you when you gave me your word. No, I made the mistake by not believing in you the second you brought me your takeover plan. Look, I don't have a lot of regrets. It's just not who I am, but this is one of them. If I could go back and change it, I would, but I can't. Is that supposed to stop me? no i just wanted you to know it do what you have to do
2: suit season four episode five is over and if you're ready to hear us talk about pound of flesh then suits yourself i'm rob cestronino back here with the guy who can podcast into all hours of the night without ever passing out from exhaustion it's
3: Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you Rob, I'm good, but I could I could use a sedative every now and then. I I take an eight hour nap. Yeah. So yeah.
2: Okay. Rachel is working so hard that uh, Columbia called. She fainted. She passed out from exhaustion. Chappelle, when Rachel woke up, does this look like a woman who's been in a coma for a day and a half? <laughs> no. Can we Rachel- ever get Rachel
3: like looking like she's not put together? Okay, sometimes, sometimes they do make Rachel look all disheveled, but it's normally when she's doing her whole, like, Mike, please go make up with Harvey. Please stop it. Mm -hmm. You're tearing your life apart. You're friends. Like, that's when she looks the worst. Here she looks like a goddess as usual. It's like, this lady is not tired at all. She's amazing. Like She's fine. Personally,
2: I, I didn't know going to the hospital for a nap was an option.
3: Honestly, It doesn't sound like a bad idea. Yeah. uh, uh, Hospital bills aside, they are going to charge you for your your right foot or something like that Mm. for doing it. Yeah. How's the health insurance
2: at the (laughs) Pierce Inspector?
3: Listen, they're not going to cover an entire hospital stay for sure. You're going to pay for something. Mm -hmm. the hospital will be sneaking in secret charges on you, too. Maybe she's on on Robert
2: Zane's plan.
3: Oh, listen, Rachel ain't poor. So yeah, somebody, somebody covering this bill. No worries. She, she's fine. She could, she could probably spend another day in there if Harvey wasn't such a jerk.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's one of the things that's going on here in pound of flesh, uh, where we got a little bit of Harvey and Mike coming back together. I mean, it was getting like a little bit, like I don't even know how they're going to be friends after this. It seems like that is just going to be how the rest of the show is Harvey and Mike fighting every single week. So Luckily, uh, some tension came out of the balloon uh between their relationship. We got to see Lewis be back in the uh, theater.
3: Yes, uh Lewis has stage fright, and we did not know this because we know he loves the stage and the you know for the ballet, we know he loves uh like plays, we he loves Willie Shakespeare, and mm-hmm. um you know, and he's also very good in front of a jury, but what he's not good at is performing on stage for uh, an audience and here um uh, we get to see a little bit of Lewis's um narrative you know behind his whole like his whole theater thing so Donna is back on stage again she is auditioning for a role um I can't remember which role it was do you um, which play that she's in. Okay, Donna. Yeah, I think Let me she's see. on Merchant of Venice. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, she's trying to be in Merchants of, of Venice uh to play Portia, which is a very heavy role, but um, it has a lot of pages of dialogue, and she's having a really tough time um studying for it and learning the lines, and her performance is that night, and so she does enlist the help of Lewis to make that happen. Or Lewis kind of walks in on her struggling and offers his help because Lewis knows. All of Shakespeare's works by heart. And this is Mike Ross levels of impressive because there's no reason this should be a true statement.
2: Yeah, could Mike be in, like, any play? He just, like, read the script once? Maybe that's a career who, for Mike, actor.
3: He He's a very good liar. And so I think if he could put himself in a role to where, like, you know, he feels like he's trying to sell something uh, to somebody to try to deceive, then, yeah, I think if he looked at, like... Uh, acting like a law, he would be fine because mm-hmm. if he knows the... I mean, he can learn the lines. The emotion is the part that's, that he would take him the hardest part to get across and I think he could do it Um, because Lewis seemingly has the skill. He studied William Shakespeare, Shakespeare and he's like ready to, to help Donna. Eventually... Yeah. Donna needs his help though and when it's time for Lewis to step up that's when the the shakespeare stage fright comes out well
2: did it turn out that Donna actually did need his help it turned out that you know Donna made up the whole thing about uh what is it uh shylock was that the the, <laughs> the part that uh was the broken ankle that they uh, got him but it sounded like that that they just needed like a one time uh, understudy
3: yeah, so Shylock could be the leading person in The Merchant of Venice. Uh, I mean, do you I'm know sorry.
2: this stuff? I mean, I feel like that you're so well-versed about things. Do, do you know a lot about Shakespeare stuff?
3: I know a little bit about Shakespeare, and I do know a little bit about The Merchant of Venice. I know um, nothing. But I d- oh, okay, Surprise. cool. Well, listen, between the two of us, we don't know that much. And so um, so Shylock is, like, one of the main characters, if not the leading man in, the, in this play. And so they need somebody to step in um it's like a very like specific role too like he's a jewish guy who um ends up like um i think he's like uh i think the the term pound of flesh actually comes from that play Mm -hmm. but anyway um what happens is donna needs lewis to step into that role and she's kind of like this role is tailor-made for you you know all the you know all the uh lines um like you could really stick your teeth into this and uh lewis is like yeah i want to help donna but I can't overcome my stage fright. And so we see him struggle with that. Ultimately, like you said, Donna made it up. She just wanted to kind of help Louis uh, get over his stage fright as Louis was helping her uh, live out her moment on the stage as well. And so it was a great episode for the two of them. Um, Louis does end up showing up for Donna and putting on a great show before Donna kind of comes back and reveals that Shylock needs his part back. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lewis uh, had one great night of performances. I mean, it even made whatever small um, a newspaper article that uh, had done a report about it. You know, yeah. so you know, a great episode for Lewis, I'd say altogether.
2: Yeah, just some stuff for Lewis and Donna to do together, but not a big storyline otherwise for the plot. But fun, and then also is an opportunity for Mike and Harvey to bond over Lewis uh, in the costume.
3: Yeah. Is he wearing um, a
2: codpiece?
3: It came up. Now, uh, that was an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure if that's what I would have flagged up, but it must have been a very pronounced codpiece uh, for Mike and Harvey to both kind of not only talk about it, but to kind of bond over it in a way. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like we had the old Mike and Harvey back when they were discussing Lewis's junk. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, hey, if the, if the, Mike, mold you think molded, Lewis
2: is packing?
3: Like Underwood, <laughs> you know, like it was very much the same, the same feel, you know, that good old Louis, yeah, Lewis. boy, yeah, yeah, it was very much that same energy.
2: Yeah. Okay. so
3: then let's talk
2: about the Mike and Harvey of it all, because it's getting like really heated uh, by the middle of the episode so that we have a situation where Wexler comes in and Wexler has some of the stock that's available. So some Gillis Industries stock. Have we met Wexler before? Have we heard about Wexler? Where'd Wexler Uh, come from?
3: This is new. This is new. We know that uh Mike is trying to buy up this stock because he's doing a hostile takeover and he needs more shares so he can make his move. Um Harvey's company, the company with Logan Sanders that they're uh they're representing cannot buy anymore because of the TRO that they tried to go and have reversed. Um and so because of this, um, they are at a standstill. But this stock is going to make is going to be very attractive for Mike Ross, and Harvey's crew has to figure out a way to get it. Um, but it would be illegal for them to get it just, you know, with the TRO in place. And so now Harvey needs to go to Jeff Malone for help uh, because they need to find a legal ish way of making this happen.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. What, what's the word that Jessica uses to uh, make it questionable? Uh, it's make not it legal, but it's questionable.
3: Right, right. Is there a a shadow of a doubt? You know, like, is there a way we can make this up for debate? Because if you could keep it in the gray, we could at least get away with it. And if we don't get away with it, it might take them a little bit to. To kind of investigate it which would give us time if they mm-hmm. put everything on hold the TRO will be lifted eventually and then we can go in for the queue
2: yeah okay and so jeff is being kind of like a stick in the mud right he doesn't he's like uh i don't want to do this this isn't legal like I mean, listen not- you don't come work at pearson specter if you want to be
3: doing stuff that's legal sir uh-huh she's jessica's like i know it can be illegal he's like no it is illegal mm-hmm. she's like well why did you come here what you mean you ain't nasty why did you come here you know and she, he's like dang you know um you're right you're right uh um, don't you I love gotta to help. lie jeff malone which i mean you now you want to break now like now you want to follow the rules jeff malone when you came in here and lied about everything else that we know about you then you were fine, but now that we need you to do something, you don't want to do it. Harvey says, "Are oh, you about to do it?" Yeah, you are, uh, because we said so. And uh, Jeff Malone is kind of strong-armed into this position, and he he has no right to get upset about it because mm-hmm. he literally fought tooth and nail to get this job through all kinds of back alley ways. It's like, okay, well, now that you got it, do what you're getting paid to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jeff Malone does come up with this workaround where, okay, so that well. We could have uh, the um, uh, Logan Sanders pay us like a $20 million retainer, and then we could use that money to buy the stock. And if we don't use all of the illegal services of $20 million, then we could pay him back
3: in this stock. That That's questionable, right? Yeah, that's definitely questionable. And they're like, okay, well... Sounds good, Jeff, but why are you being such a dick about it? And mm-hmm. so he's like, is this dad make me on the team now? Am I part of the Pierce Inspector, like uh, you know, family? And they're like kind of like, yeah, it does actually. Yeah. <laughs> the moment you start doing illegal, I'm sorry, questionable things, um, they kind of op- like welcome you with open arms.
2: And another thing that's going on is also that we talked about in the last episode, okay, that there is Sean Cahill who is uh, looking into a lot of different stuff that Pearson Spector is up to. In the last episode, there was uh, some thought that maybe they were trying to investigate companies that were working with Pearson Spector, and then ultimately, if they dropped Pearson Specter, that the investigations were gonna get dropped, but it turns out that they were just going to these other companies to get information, to specifically go after Harvey, and so finally, we got to see a little bit of Cahill versus Harvey in this episode.
3: I love it. I'm telling you, I like Cahill as a villain just because he just gives me the, just good villain vibes. I don't, again, I don't know where this man was a villain in my life, but every time I see him, I'm like, yeah, he's despicable. And seeing that him and Harvey finally come toe to toe, it looks like you know um, the superhero is meeting you know his villain of the week, mm-hmm. you know, or what this is what the comic strip is about to be about. Um, and he comes to uh, to Cahill and basically tells him like, look, I know we're not familiar with each other, but I know you're coming after me, and now that you can't surprise me, your goose is cooked. And Kay was like, "Oh no, you you know I'm coming after you, but you don't know how. Like I'm going to sink your battleship." Harvey makes a reference to Rock'em sakam Robots, and I was like, "See, these are the references I get. Like I was mm-hmm. I was definitely a Rock'em Sock'em kid, you know." Yeah. Um, do you remember the day of the rockam Sock'em Robot? I
2: do, but I feel like that the rockam Sock'em Robot worked for like five seconds, uh, and then yeah. like the head like never would stay down.
3: Yeah, you're like destroying the button, trying to get it to do a little punching. And then every now and then you got one good lick in it. Like it was like a game with diminishing returns, you know, like the first couple of times you're like, yeah. And then by like five minutes in there, you like there's not a lot of dodging yeah. to go on. You can't really bob and weave. It's more like hit or or be hit, you know. And so wasn't my favorite. Actually, it was a stretch Armstrong. guy. Right? Oh, OK. That now that's my- a toy that's pretty indestructible. It is, but you know, I don't see him often. This they, they no, they've gotten it's rid probably of. Probably like the very toxic
2: I, Probably if it, like if we went back, like oh, maybe like, like there's like an like EPA. He's cancelable? No, Oh, you mean
3: EPA? Yeah. Target. Wow. Like, I thought uh, like Stretch Armstrong had some allegations. No,
2: I think maybe it's like uh, if I had to guess why you don't see it, it's probably like oh, did you know he's
3: made of lead paint? I mean. I mean, it probably was, right? Like, mm-hmm. We don't see those toys at all anymore. And you think it had like a, a good shelf life. Like, like you said, it's indestructible. It's like the, the cockroach of the toy community. It's like a landfill somewhere just of like arms yeah. from Stretch Armstrong yeah. and other Armstrong-related projects.
2: See if Mike Ross can uh, open up a lawsuit pro bono to look into what happened to Stretch Armstrong and all the kids that played with it. class action lawsuit.
3: We might have a case.
2: Yeah. Okay, so, all right, we're now looking into everything that Harvey is doing. That's sort of the backstory. Also, at the same time, you know, Rachel, is she's just being so overworked. Uh, I thought this was ballsy from Mike Ross. The episode starts with Rachel wakes up. She's like, oh, my God, what time is it? He's like, yeah, it's 9 o'clock. First of all, why is Mike not even at his work? Uh, Second, then... I mean this was like ridiculous like uh, that this is grounds for murder or divorce or both where mm-hmm. yeah I feel like you're you're too tired I just turn your alarm off cuz you need you need to rest like
3: screw, yeah. Uh,
2: screw right. you yeah screw you
3: Oh yeah. No, Mike Ross thinks God left him in charge and he decided that he knows what's best for his girlfriend. I demand that you stay home. This is cracked behavior. I understand the urge to want to help someone. I do. I understand the urge to let someone sleep when they are sleeping because they look like, okay, they need a rest. But Mike Ross would have never done this. He would have never like uh, took a day off for Harvey, uh, you know, so he could like get himself back together. He was doing a billion things at once, just like everybody else. And he's looking at Rachel like, "But you, but you need rest." And don't yeah. get me wrong, he was right. She needed rest, but it was not his decision to make.
2: Well, at one point, he's like, "I just want to lay down in the bed w- together with you." Like, come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. Like- I, we like we're we're picking up what you're putting down, Mike.
3: Right, okay, Mike, you're a little randy, ain't you? You know, it's like, all right, let it it go.
2: But Chappelle, like, I'm surprised she didn't get more mad about this because there is a view of this where it's like, okay, Rachel is working with Harvey, who is the Mm -hmm. competitor with Mike on this whole lawsuit, and you could have read this as... Did Mike sabotage Rachel to throw off like what Harvey is working on as she's working on the Logan Sanders of it all?
3: I don't think that's an unfair read. I think that also I don't think that's look, what he
2: did. Like I, I legitimately like, but I, I'm I'm surprised that she didn't go there.
3: But that's what I'm saying. Even if she had, she I wouldn't think that would be unfair at all. I think that it's one of those situations where Mike is the reason why she's working so hard as well. Like, don't get me wrong, she was already in law school, but this case. This particular case, this pressure is coming from inside the house. Mike Ross is the one piling this work on her desk through his his actions with Harvey and Logan Sanders. So he probably feels a little bit guilty about it and one could read that as like you got all this work on your on your uh on your plate How about I just make you get a few more hours of sleep, kind of throw you off your game, throw Harvey off your game? I think if she made the accusation, it would not be, like, out of bounds. Um, But but like you said, it's not the case. He just wanted her to sleep. He was right. She needed to sleep. She ends up passing out later on. But it's not a good look for you to just go in and turn someone's alarm off. I mean, you and I are people who are, like, we are attached to our schedule. We just, we just are. And if someone goes and turns off our alarm, it's a wrap. Like you probably ruined the day for someone, you know? And so it's like for Rachel, she had a lot going on. Even if she missed a little bit of the, the work part of the day, she still had school stuff to do. She's not in any position where Mike Ross gets to dictate her schedule.
2: Yeah. All right. So Mike and Harvey have all sorts of meetups and meetings in uh, odd places. Mike runs into Harvey in the bathroom, and what? I'm assuming that that is the Pearson Specter bathroom. Just feels like a weird spot. Like, what is Mike like lingering in the bathroom there? First of all, why is he even in the office?
3: Yeah. Good question. I think I think you're right. I think the bathroom is the spot that he thinks, like, okay, I can get Harvey to myself. Cause Donna's probably not just gonna let Mike march in and Harvey's really busy. And so yeah, Take he's like, his uh, key
2: card, Mike Ross should not have access to the Pierce Inspector floor anymore.
3: Right, right. Yeah, tell he's security downstairs.
2: Like the same security that <laughs> freaking Jenny couldn't get, like, oh, can you bring this suit to my like tell them at the front door don't let mike ross into the
3: building no no they have to leave the bathroom because you know this is one of their favorite meeting spots so mm-hmm. they have to leave the bathroom open as a as an option for him to go talk to harvey and he does you know um harvey's like what the hell are you want?" <laughs> yeah and mike's like oh harvey you know it, it's always funny seeing them meet in the bathroom because i would think that was be the last place i would love to talk about business in like at all but every time Every time they're going to find themselves in the same exact position.
2: And so Harvey is buying up the stock. Mike's like, what the hell? Uh, And he's like, that's illegal. He's like, what are you going to do? Report us to the SEC. He's like, maybe
3: I will. Maybe I'm going to go do that. It's like, yeah, we'll do it. And they're going to put a freeze on the sale and then the TRO will be expired. And then guess what? We're still going to beat you. And Mike said, like, mm-hmm. you're a sore goddamn loser. I was like, Mike, it sounds like you're the one loser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really does. So Rachel, she's
2: passed out at Columbia. And somehow that they couldn't get a hold of Mike. And Harvey is an emergency contact. Harvey feels uh bad for. Uh, I liked it when Harvey yelled at Rachel for uh, asking for a day off.
3: Oh, really? Why? No
2: days off. <laughs> what, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, first off, now they work seven days a week. There's no Saturday, no Saturdays off, no Sundays off.
3: No days off, Rob. No days off. You look, I think. When's my day off? Uh, <laughs> you don't get a day off either. Um, and if you decide to take one, I'm going to yell at you like Harvey. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. Um, I don't like seeing Rachel specifically getting yelled at because we know that she is going through and like these jobs will chew you up. And spit you out and leave you for for dead, and you give it all your energy to him, right? But at the same time, this is if this is Mike Ross, he's not getting the day off. Uh, you know, uh, we have not seen anybody take a day off. I mean, yeah, Lewis I mean, took a day off, and everybody like look, the world stopped.
2: Mike and Harvey are going head to head, and really, it comes off as like if I mean, if Mike's girlfriend uh, needs a day off so that she can hang out, it's like no. No, we're not doing this. I mean, nobody told her go to law school and also work here.
3: Yeah, she actually asked to be on this case. You know, it's like she does not have to be Harvey's associate specifically on this case. She could have recused herself from this a long time ago. So these are, you know, self-inflicted wounds. She also kind of throws the law school thing at Harvey like, but but I have school. He said, yeah, I know we're paying for it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're not paying for you to go to school to not work here. So I need you to do both. And she had options she could have gone to a different school she could go work at a different law firm rachel is asking for special treatment mm-hmm. and um i think that when you do that you open yourself up to get whatever response you get and i think that she she got what she what she asked for and i think it was mike's fault mike was the one who really urged her yeah. like you need to go take you the like day set off. her up yeah he he really did like, There's just no go way ask harvey
2: would... for a day off he'll say yes you He's know how calling. hard he is
3: He's been calling Harvey a piece of shit lawyer throughout the entire episode. Like, mm-hmm. every, guess what that piece of shit lawyer Harvey did? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's how you feel about Harvey, really? And now you're like, yeah, but yeah. also the man shit who shit made your please entire life. Gold. Yeah, but have a heart of gold now when it comes to my girlfriend, please. You're so awful and cold. I'm kind of feeling bad for Harvey at this point because he's getting a really bad rap for somebody who's over, like going above and beyond for these people left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, not not loving the Harvey the Harvey uh narrative that's being spun by this episode.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. well, Harvey does then get some redemption. He's at the hospital when Rachel has passed out and uh, is there because he feels bad because she wanted the day off and he said no.
3: Yeah, but would a heartless shithead like Harvey be hanging out in the hospital to apologize for making Rachel overwork and t- for being her emergency contact? No, not not a heartless shithead, yeah. not him. But you know.
2: I, this is also again maybe somebody who in the medical field uh that listens to this could tell us like was this accurate at all it's like hey nobody can go nobody can go in there nobody can see her she's in there for exhaustion they lock the door from the outside like really
3: yeah it it probably wasn't locked it probably wasn't locked i mean However- is this
2: like if they were married could he go in there
3: I mean, yeah, if they were married, he probably could get in there. But this is, and that's another thing. You know, Mike Ross wanted to say it. He's at the desk, like, let me in there. They go, no. He's like, but, but I'm, I'm her friend. Mm -hmm. She's my girlfriend. It's like, yeah, that doesn't give you any type of like claim to get your ass in that room. I doubt it was locked, but I do think Harvey was like really trying to do um, the thing where he gets Mike to himself to talk to him to kind of take Mike's, uh, you know, Mind off of this a little bit, uh, but she definitely needed to rest. And all Mike wanted to do was go sit next to her bedside for eight hours while she got rest, so that she could wake up and see his beautiful face after uh, a long nap. It's like, Mike, we get it. We see the romantic moment that you're envisioning as well. The only thing I want her to see when she wakes up is me. It's like, uh, maybe she needs some rest from you too. Have you thought about that?
2: All right, so Mike and Harvey, they, mean, go, out, they go out to dinner. And he's like, you never took me to dinner before. I'm like, Mike Ross is such an ingrate for it's everything. Cool. <laughs> like, this Probably man. Up. Yeah. I, I mean, this man was like, this is like Aladdin. And then, uh, like, Aladdin is, like, pissed off at the genie for, like, uh, you know, uh, genie, you only gave me a million things and made all my wishes come true. And, like, but did you ever take me to dinner? You said right. you would, Genie. Like, I right. was just a street rat. And you, <laughs> you,
3: you, like, uh, you
2: turned me into the, you know, the, the, the prince.
3: Prince Alibaba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I mean, Suits is kind of like Aladdin. Like, he's like uh, presenting yeah, himself as like a like a suit to the princess, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, the princess is like, uh, you know, I'm going to marry, I'm going to marry this guy
3: yeah and there are probably better options for the princess but she's razzled and dazzled and the by princess's family the, is like yeah no. it's uh, they're very wealthy yeah this is basically just aladdin let's just start looking at the show like that um yeah mike sucks i'm uh look this is the like most unlikable mike we've been getting a good stretch of unlikable bikes at the end of every episode i'm thinking well he's not getting the Liddy. um and so yeah here he's just like harvey why would you do this? Why are you being nice to me? Because I'm not a horrible person. There's a reason why you were up my ass for the first three seasons of this show. Like, yeah, I'm pretty cool. I do a lot for you. It's fine. I don't hate Rachel. I just made her work. I'm sorry.
2: Well, then so they come out of the restaurant and they're, and they're sort of like they have a good understanding. So they're kind of like back together. And then so here comes freaking Sean Cahill. And then he's like, hey, which one of you is Franklin? <laughs> which one of you? is bash USA synergy. Yes, which we, product which we placement? Need. Yeah,
3: can we can we get a a, a suits reference, please,
2: please? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, all I ask. Do you ever watch no, Franklin I, and Bash? Is that what we're doing next no. on uh you know uh, uh Born in the USA feed?
3: Yes, yeah, Born in the USA feed. I mean it it is not out of the question. I think it fits the mold. If
2: Zach um, Morris,
3: how many episodes were Franklin and Bash? What we got? I think hear? Franklin
2: and Bash has got to be like over a hundred, right?
3: I, I can't i
2: can't possibly think that? no not it's that's only easy. it's like not it's it's short-lived uh 40 yeah well, for only 40
3: 40 oh we yeah. can knock that out
2: in um, uh, knock um, that
3: out a week and, and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's no problem done, that's that's mm-hmm. cake we wouldn't even have to do it every day yeah for
2: only 40 uh, episodes gone.
3: yeah that's cake That give us a real challenge what,
2: what's the name um, of that podcast the bash
3: brothers Bash Brothers, yeah, Super Bash Brothers,
2: melee,
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
2: all right. Yeah, Sam, work on the schedule for that,
3: please, please and thank you. Sean Cahill shows up, Rob, and he is the one who outs this whole situation with Harvey and Mike because they were on a they were on like a a trajectory that led them to like some possibility, like some possibilities of a friendship still. Um, but when Sean Cahill shows up, he's like, I've been following Harvey uh i'm telling him because we're trying to find whatever we can on him um uh, and now he has authorization to do that like legal authorization to follow harvey because there is a possibility that mike and harvey are colluding rob mm-hmm. uh which duh of course there is yeah this is the like the i with my limited legal knowledge would have been like is it fair for his girlfriend and his boss and his like ex friend and all this other stuff to be working and his girlfriend's ex
2: fiance. Yeah. Right.
3: (laughs) Is that okay? Are you serious? And so, and like I said, I know nothing about the law, but I know the ask that question, like, so they live together, and they're buying stocks to take over a company from the other company that's trying together. to buy the yeah. stocks. And they just had dinner together after she got sick, and they and they and they put their auction on hold.
2: Yeah, I mean, and also it a itself. shell company just came in, and then Mike is like, "What, Harvey? You said you weren't going to do it." Like, well, and then like Harvey can't even be like, "Ah, oh, it yeah, wasn't like, me.
3: Oh, it wasn't me. It was Jessica." Yeah, Look, right. yeah like, right. Yeah, right. You know everything.
2: This was a move. You screwed me over.
3: And also Mike does not trust Harvey. That's Mm -hmm. another like very key thing in these last few episodes. They, for them to have gone through so much, Mike inherently does not trust the things that Harvey says. But why? Chappelle,
2: when has Harvey ever screwed Mike over? Like in a way where it was like, where Harvey is like, like Harvey will stab Mike in the front. Like, yeah, I guess he did go to, walter gillis uh that one time uh yeah Mm -hmm. but it was only it was only to protect him from when logan sanders wanted to like uh dig dirt on him like harvey i don't think has ever betrayed mike
3: no and i think mike ross is losing sight of that i think that he is now projecting his own feelings about winning this thing uh, onto harvey he's looking at harvey as a bad person he's like harvey's a horrible person because he is actively helping this whole uh, this whole Logan Sanders thing happened. They want to take over Walter Gillis's company. They want to leave all these people unemployed. They want to tear down the little guy. And so he's looking at Harvey as the face of that. And so for mm-hmm. Mike it's like, if you're doing these things, you're a bad person. thus I can't trust you. And so when he goes and makes the move uh, against Mike and tells Walter Gillis about the drugs, Mike looks at that and like, look at Harvey doing the scumbag thing. He knows I'm not a drug dealer. He lied on me. Why would he do this kind of thing? And so he never lets it go. But even in this episode, he tells Harvey, I get it. I understand why that Walter Gillis thing had to happen. And I'm sorry about it. But mm-hmm. it's like he can say it, but he still hasn't released himself from that tension of, but maybe Harvey's just trying to get over on me again. Like it's convenient that every time something like this happens, it's in Harvey's favor. And then I look like an asshole every time I try to do something to get back at him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that's really what the crux of this is. It's just he's yeah. lost complete like trust in his mentor.
2: And so we see Harvey with Jessica. Harvey's pissed at Jessica. He's like, I promised Mike I wasn't gonna go after this. And she's like,
3: F Mike. What I don't, that, what, I don't care about Mike. Right, he don't even work here. We finally got rid of him. Why is his name even coming up still? I thought we'd just get rid of this guy and move on. Yeah, enough. Like,
2: Knock it I off. D- I don't want to hear about this. He's like, Okay, discussion is over.
3: We, but we, we had a deal and I talked about Bulge with him. Like mm-hmm. we really discussed Lewis's crotch. Yeah. Like I thought we had a thing, and Jess was like, I don't care. Stop but- being
0: weird.
2: Chappelle, Mike goes back to Harvey. He's like, "Hey, you know what? I screwed up. Like when you had your idea, I should have said it was a good idea. If I could go back and change it, I would." And he's like, "Oh, so you don't want me to? You don't want me to go after?" So he's like, "No, do what you have to do, Mike."
3: Yeah, Harvey. Harvey apologized for the thing that pissed off Mike the most, mm-hmm. which is he never respected him as an opponent, and so that is why Mike's ego is you're like through the roof because he needs to prove to Harvey that he is worthy and that his ideas and his plans work and it just seems like he's so far up the river that he can't come back um, and so Harvey tries to do that to kind of get Mike I guess a little a bit less emotionally involved in this because literally everybody is confused as to why Mike is taking this to heart so much
1: mm-hmm. All right,
2: we see Mike go back to Eric Roberts uh, the arch one of the arch enemies of Harvey and says, "Yes, he says to him basically like hey uh, I couldn't put that provision in there to uh, screw over Sidwell. He he's trying to give me a placard. I can't do it. And then Eric Roberts is like, "Oh, like I like the cut of your jib. That's you're a sneaky little a uh, little ish. Uh, so that's <laughs> why I like you. You're just like me." He's like, "No, I can't do it." He's like, uh, "I knew you couldn't. That's the kind of guy I want to be in business with."
3: Well, this was very convenient. Even. Well, no, not even. So he's like, I respect you because you're sneaky, but also I don't really need you to do this either. Because what Harvey has been trying to explain to Mike Ross is that Forceman is dirty. Like he is, he is not somebody to be trusted. And so Mike Ross has trusted that he's come to this man. He, Hey, I'm sorry. I couldn't do this. The scumbag thing. I couldn't betray my partner. And Forceman is like, you know, you tried to do a thing. You tried to have your cake and eat it too. You tried to basically use the, the thought of my money to, you know, leverage it against Harvey and make them fold. And that part is sneaky, and I respect it. Mm-hmm. But also, I kind of respect Jonathan Sidwell, who I was not willing to get in bed with at first, but he took the money. Yeah. And so, because your partner took the money, you took the money, and so now, whether you like it or not, you're stuck with me. Welcome to the partnership, Mike Ross. And Mike Ross is like, wait. Huh? Mm-hmm. What happened? How did I end up here? This guy got me and Harvey's somewhere at home thinking, duh, I've been trying to tell you for two episodes <laughs> that this was gonna happen. Yeah, Oh so, yeah. He likes he likes the cut of Mike Ross's jib, but Mike doesn't have the killer instinct that Jonathan Sidwell does. He's Regardless, not a killer. Forcement is in this fight now to take down Harvey, and he has 230 million dollars toward investing. He's like, every... I only need 80.
2: He's like, mm. and he's
3: like, hmm, You don't know I'm what gonna you, ask need. you what you needed. Yeah, yeah, didn't <laughs> ask you what you needed. Honestly, not even talking to you anymore. Jonathan mm-hmm. Sidwell, he's getting 230 million dollars of my money.
2: Mm-hmm. Chappelle, who gets the Liddy in this episode?
3: Forceman. (laughs) Oh, such a player move. I don't know. I don't know about that. But Forceman was, it was such a player move, honestly, to to flip that on Mike. Because what what is Mike going to do now that he can't even, like, oh, I'm I'm morally bound to this? I can't do it like this. Like, no, you don't get to make the the decisions anymore, Mike Ross. You're stuck here as an investment banker, and they're evil, it seems.
2: Yeah, the investment banking that's a dark underbelly makes the lawyers out to be the heroes. Um, All right. uh, Well, I'm open to a Liddy for Charles Forsman. I was going to pitch Donna for the Liddy. Okay.
3: Okay, Donna does a good thing for... Lewis. For Lewis. That's fine. It's almost like... Um, like inconsequential, those like what did it do? Did it? Move I guess Benito so, off? but
2: I feel like I can't give it to Harvey in this episode. I can't give it to Rachel in this episode. I can't give it to Mike in this episode.
3: Um. Well, I mean, can Rachel not get it? I mean, she passed out at work, but she was working really hard. She doesn't get no. it.
2: She's she having fever <laughs> dreams about Logan Sanders.
3: Well, I mean, we didn't talk about it, but yeah, when she wakes up at the hospital. She thinks she sees Logan Sanders by her bedside and mm-hmm. it's Mike Ross. But what she does not stop repeating is that whoever's by her bedside is a fraud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she has a type. The... Right. Right. Exactly. They're kind of full of themselves too. As a matter of fact, uh yeah, Rachel Zane, stand up. I mean, even, I mean, lay down, take a break. Yeah, take a also, break. Also, when you're done resting, stand up. Any world where Jessica gets the lydia
2: I mean, I could see that also, but I mean, she does go behind Harvey's back, uh, gets the deal done, isn't getting involved with the sentimentality about Mike. Uh, She refuses to be the villain in the Rachel passed out saga. So I think that there's consideration for Jessica.
3: She got Jeff Malone to actually do his job. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she's not. I think Jessica gets it here. I don't think we can give it to to Forceman yet, but I still think that was a player move.
2: I'd still go Donna over Forceman.
3: Okay, cool. That was the ranking. So mm-hmm.
2: Okay. All right. Chappelle, uh, let's uh take some feedback here. Okay. Lindsay wants to know is Rachel and Logan gonna hook up soon?
3: It does kind of feel like it, right? I, I like the will they won't they here doesn't really they won't. Make sense for they Rachel. they won't. They won't. Yeah, but they really want us to think that she's tempted by this. She won't be. Like mm-hmm. there, there's no way that she throws this all away for Logan because I mean, even just the optics of it just looks awful mm-hmm. Donna. i mean rachel like it's just this is horrible just don't do this this is not a good move um but it does not mean logan is not going to try now what i'm surprised at is that i don't think he's been trying that hard either
0: yeah you know and, like, and is he still married I, I, we don't i don't really
3: know um and so i yeah i like it's unclear i think he's not married I he's, think not he's not married? married
2: he got divorced yeah
3: well you know, i thought rachel he was married and it was
2: divorce. like hey i'm running my dad's company now i gotta be on the straight and narrow
3: yeah, maybe maybe he's back so him and Allison did get back together. I don't I don't know. I think it's unclear. I'm sure it's one of the associates will fill us mm-hmm. in on that one. But yeah, I think that the show wants us to believe that there's tension between uh Logan and Rachel. They did almost kiss one time, but I just don't think that he's applying that kind of pressure. Like it just feels like the notion that they used to be in love with each other was enough to kind of, you know, set the stage for a possible affair. Mm-hmm. They were probably not going to get it.
2: Yeah. This was kind of a light reference episode. Uh, We had the Franklin and Bash and the Merchant of Venice. But other than that, uh, not too many references. Is there anything else from this episode that you want to highlight?
3: Uh No, but we got some feedback on SuitsPodcast.com. It says, RJP plus Suits equals can opener content. Long time R- R- yeah, R-H-A-P listener. And had just started my first watch of Suits around the same time the rest of the world did. So this was perfect. Love Rob, love Chappelle. They go uh, in-depth enough on the episodes to make it a real discussion, but not so much that it's a 90-minute show each day. I used to, them to get me through my 40-minute commute and it works great. Thanks God for all the fun. Um well thank you for 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 that uh S-SWRWB. Okay. <laughs> you know yes. Who who you are you? You know who you are. Thank you. We appreciate <laughs> yeah. the
2: feedback. You can leave us ratings and reviews every day at suitspodcast.com. All right. Chappelle, where can people keep up with you?
3: Follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show.
2: All right. I'm at Rob Sestradino. Looking forward to getting into season four, episode six coming up. We're almost at the midway point for season four.
3: Yeah. This is so fast. We mm-hmm. just got back from Toronto, York. And again, we had great feedback in person from all of the Suits fans, the associates. And so, yeah, let's let's keep the party going. I think we're having a good time here. And I'm very excited to see how season four is going to end on the back half.
2: All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.
1: Plus 18 plus.